good day, everyone. It's time for our Golf's Perfect Imperfections podcast here with Golf WRX and Wisdom in Golf. Hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right. So uh, we have um, a really cool show this week. Um, it, and it talks about the different lengths of drivers. And we have a lot of information to bring your way. Um, and, but let's start with John Rahm. Right, yeah, congrats Rambo. to him. Oh, so happy for him. Yeah. Was yeah, it? he deserved that. The second I saw him on eight, and or I think it was eight or nine, and s- just like seeing how like calm composed he was and like how confident he looked in himself, Con- I was like, he's going to win. He looked confident. Yeah, he did. That was, uh, that was very different than uh, the block shots. You saw Ustazen hit on one of the par threes and the snap hook. Uh, into the into the poor tree, you know. Mm. Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah, Mackenzie Mackenzie Hughes uh, had a really tough break there. Yeah. But I mean, it really started from that swing off the tee, mm-hmm. and that was a quick swing. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a confident swing. Mm-hmm. And you look at John Rom when you swing confidently, mm-hmm. he says, "Man, I, I I can just hit a little harder, and I know that it's gonna it's gonna fade for me." Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's when. When you swing confidently, you naturally gain more distance, right? Because you don't feel the need to stick handle or manipulate the club. Yeah, there's nothing to, you know, uh, um, steer. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're steering the club, uh, you're preventing it from fully releasing. And man, he was fully releasing. That's that's when you see the confidence in somebody's swing. Is that's mm-hmm. it's he's letting it go. Yeah, you just point and shoot. I'm going that way. Boom, and he already has a feel inside that he knows, and he just delivers that feel to that picture, and and we're done. Nelly and, had that too this week. Yeah, yeah. The she scores had her, were low with the LPG. I was watching that just before. Yeah, she had her career low 62 on Saturday. Wow. Um, and then she obviously won the tournament. I haven't had the chance to watch any of the rounds, so we were, I think they're all recorded. So it I want to go through. It was a busy through. weekend. We yeah. had our our practice round this weekend for your event on Saturday. Yeah. And then Father's Day yesterday. Father's Day yesterday. Yeah. It was my day yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So I really want to uh, sit down and watch the the two rounds. And where see where were they playing again? Michigan. Oh, yeah. I think. They were scoring low. Yeah. She finished at minus 25, I think. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So you're talking about six under par per round. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's some serious low business right there. Yeah, really cool. That's her second one of the season. That's got to be a record uh, or close to a record. Yeah. And and the other gals were doing pretty good too. I mean, yeah. you look at 10th place was minus 17. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, mm-hmm. there's some seriously good scoring going on. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, n- nothing like the U.S. Open, of course. Yeah, that's <laughs> a different place. It really, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a, it's fun to have a birdie fest though, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's fun when you birdie a lot of holes in a round of golf. Yeah, mm. uh, it uh, it does a lot for your confidence. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you got certain horses that do better when when it's that kind of scoring, and then you have certain other kinds of. You notice how it's it's a different crowd at a major championship. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when the course is a lot tougher, mm-hmm. it's the ones who are the best grinders yeah. that typically show up. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right? Well, you have to grind. Like, yeah. Because you're not going to be making 
it's not going to be six, a, seven birdies around no, on, on, a, no. on a golf course like that. No. Yeah. Not the way that, you know. Not, not a walk in the park. No, maybe Torrey, Pound, and Torrey Pines north with, uh, you know. Uh, Normal rough? Docile <laughs> rough, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, proper proper rough around the greens. Yeah. But that was, uh, that was uh, one stacked leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm, 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 we recorded it, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to watching it as well. Yeah, we had uh, Riley had his uh, our son um, had his first uh, training camp, which was really, really good. Yeah, um, extremely encouraging, and this is where the, the hard work he's done all winter is really paying off because um, Gabby, the guy who he normally goes up against. Um, he's the, Gabby's the number one guy in Quebec and he's had that throne for a long time and he's the past Canadian champion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Riley was faster than him this time around. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And Gabby was looking good. Yeah. Uh, but Riley was like, uh, the, 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 the Quebec coach, yeah. they were doing some time trials, uh, in the pro set and, and where you have to, uh, they call it scrubbing. You have to really when you're jumping the pro jumps and they're, they're like 40 to 50 yards, 40 to 50 yards, <laughs> 40 to 50 feet yeah. in, in the air. Yeah. If you take too much air, you lose a lot of speed. Yeah, so you got to stay low. You got to stay low. It's and kind of like flighting a golf ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're flighting your bike over these jumps. Mm-hmm. And at one point, um, you know, the, the, the coach would go, Ooh, that was, that was a heater. Mm-hmm. And then Riley would come in and, Ooh, there's another heater. And it was, you could see the ping ponging back and forth. Yeah. Good competition. And then, uh, Gabby has this really, you know, he says, well, that was, that's, you just threw down the hammer on that one. Right. Yeah. And then Riley shows up <laughs> and, uh, Gabby was taking off his helmet and packing up his stuff and putting his bike away. And coach says, I wouldn't put your bike back right now, Gabby. <laughs> we got some more work to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just really cool to see them push each other. Yeah, that's what you need in, in, in any sport. Yeah. Is somebody to like constantly like make you better. Yeah. And you and you look at the the Jutanicarn sisters, they were both at minus seventeen. Yeah. You know, and and it's the the and that's where I find the the rivalry in siblings. Mm. You know, the Corda sisters, the Jutanicarn yeah. sisters. I mean, it's that kind of rivalry that raises the bar. Yep. And both of them end up showing up. That's why oh, you see 100%. a lot of you see a lot of, you know, brother um even brother sister. There's a lot of brother sister combinations out there yep. for that are on the tour. So uh really important. Uh, and as as parents, if you've got both kids in, in golf and they're and they're being very competitive with each other, that's you need to nurture that. Yeah, it's That's healthy competition. Very healthy. I mean, obviously you have to do it in a healthy way, but it is healthy competition. Yeah. So we we had had a, a conversation last time about, um, you know, launch monitors and how it's they're raising a lot of eyebrows. And to this day, you know, when I'm hitting three woods on the launch monitor, I'm not looking for club speed because I'm looking for the stock distance mm. that I normally get. I get 250 carry, I get 265 to 275 total, and I'm looking at spin a little bit, and I'm looking at trajectory, mm-hmm. but I'm never looking at club speed. Right. And then I look at my club speed, and I'm going, but that's my driver club speed. How can that be with my three-wood? Right. 
So then I take the driver around and I'm going, same club speed. So, you know, the, the, the last few sessions that I've been going, you know, and I'm feeling a little tight. It's 108, 109 for both. Today was a, a decent day. It was 111, 112 for both. And when, when I'm really humming on all cylinders, it's 114, 115 for both. And um, so I cut down my, my, uh, my driver shaft to 40. I, I took two inches off. And so we're looking at 43 and a half versus 45 and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, no difference in speed. And no difference in total distance. So I'm still carrying it 280 to 290. And I'm still, you know, 300 to 315 uh, total distance. And um, I find that I'm swinging more confidently with the 43 and a half inch shaft. Right. And for many of you out there who are struggling with the driver, I think that length, driver length needs to be considered. For sure. And uh, for you, Sav, it didn't work. You'll, you know, you're gonna, we're going to post this video this week. I mean, and I'm going, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if I want to really, you know, bend people over that way, meaning I don't want to bend your mind out of shape where, you know, ah, you know, if I cut my driver shaft, boy, it feels so light now, and now I've got to mess with the, the weight on the club head. So we're really opening a big can of worms here. And, um, so with robot testing and, and, uh, with all the manufacturers, they've, they've come to the conclusion that 44 and three quarter inch to 45 and a half inch is the sweet spot. And, uh, there's a wonderful podcast for Callaway. We're going to post that on the video. So we're going to post this link for the podcast on golf WRX and and you'll see it on our, on our YouTube video this week. We're going to do this. We're going to post it on Tuesday. And, um, I didn't do anything to my to the weight on my club head. I didn't add any more weight. Mm-hmm. It does feel lighter, right? And uh, but I don't. I, I feel like I can still load the shaft the same way, and um, it it feels uh, a little less sloppy. Mm. If I was to use a term, mm-hmm. more succinct, mm. <laughs> more confident, right? And um, and you know, for Moo, you you I mean you lost maybe two. Two miles per hour club speed. Yeah, with the shorter shaft. With the shorter shaft. But that shaft, it wasn't really a nice representation because it was was a little too heavy for Sav. That's why she didn't do well with it. And a little too flexible for you. But it it, it really paid off for me. Yeah. And and it's something that uh, I've noticed as far as your posture, because you've got much longer arms than I do. Yeah. I find that uh, you'll probably stay in posture better. Right with a sh- with a shorter shaft, and we looked at forty four inch as a possibility for you. Yeah, but it feels like a little toy in your hands. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. It was a, it was just so, too easy to manipulate, and obviously throw. But yeah, it just it didn't feel and, right. And typically, when it doesn't feel heavy enough, yeah, it, you feel the need to place it. That's it. Yeah, and in, and wave it around and go, mm-hmm. what the heck's going on? It's yeah. you know, you, you you feel the need to swing it faster. Yeah, that's to it. To feel something. Yeah, that's and it. and that's not good either. Mm-hmm. And then you could go, you you know, you could do like uh, Brooke Henderson. She's got a forty-eight inch driver, but she grips down about two and a half to three inches. Yeah. So she's typically playing with a lever of about 45, 45 and a half inches, mm-hmm. and and that's. Typically for you, Sav, at 44 and a half is mm-hmm. where your sweet spot is, right? Yeah. So, um, 
you know, we, we've noticed that for you, it made a 20 yard difference only because it's a 50 gram shaft as well. So yeah. the, sh- the 50 gram shaft for you was really paying off. Yeah, for sure. The 65 gram shaft that I have was too heavy for you, mm-hmm. too light for Moo and uh, too flexible for Moo. So if you're struggling with the driver at 44 of, or 45 and a half inches, uh, but you like the way the shaft flexes. You don't feel that you have to swing it too hard, and it's and it's kicking nicely. Um, you could take it down in half inch increments. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you're not going to lose anything if you're really struggling with the driver. Knock down a half inch, put a put a fresh grip on it, and then see how that does. And then knock down another half inch. And if you need to put some weight on, well. Like Callaway has some different weight ports. Instead of a 12-gram weight, you can put a 16-gram weight and add add a little more weight to the head uh, or use a little bit of a, if you get a little bit of a heavier shaft um, and a little bit more club head weight, that would work out as well. Yeah. And so you could do something like that. Uh, but for as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm convinced for me. Yeah. Especially if, if you get on a launch monitor, if you're struggling with the driver, and your club speed with the driver is the same as with your three wood. I would I would recommend you go that route. Mm. It's uh, and explore it with your with your club fitter. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of lot of really passionate club fitters out there that really know what they're doing and are curious to learn more. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and I'm sure that many club fitters that are listening to this right now have seen this. You know, it's when you go for a fitting and for a driver, you don't hit a lot of three woods. No. Right? No. So I strongly recommend that we start looking at here. What's your three wood? Let's see what your speed is with the three wood if you're hitting it well. And you evaluate the club head speed on the three wood. And then you see if there's a, is a I mean, that's really going to change the way I fit drivers from now on. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to order a driver and you got different weight ports to deal with, then uh, I'm. Uh, it, it's obviously going to be a little bit more of an adventure. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a fun adventure. Yeah, it's cool that, you know, with all this new technology, you can kind of play around with certain things and discover yeah. new things. Because I think there's like, a, like an industry standard that yeah. like everyone has and that everyone thinks that they should like be roughly around. But I think the more people get comfortable with their own swing and their own equipment, they kind of get a better idea of what actually would work best for them. Yeah. And they can communicate that better to the fitter. Cause like the fitter needs to hear the feedback from the person. Yeah. And sometimes if you don't know exactly like what feel you like best, that could be a little bit problematic because you might get fit with the wrong stuff. Yeah. So there has to be like that open communication between you and your fitter. And if you're that kind of person, like I hear this all the time, I nail my three wood, you know, I hit my three wood 230 to 250. I really enjoy it. I, you know, it's like a second driver for me off the tee box. Yeah. A lot of people like hitting their three wood better than their driver. I'm thinking for Phil, you know, I know he likes hit, hit bombs and he's going longer. Yeah. But he's experimenting a lot with this mini driver. Right. And with a mini driver, you know, it's, it's a shorter shaft. Yeah. And he needs to hit some fairways, but. He is really working so much on his flexibility and his his range of motion, and he's in the gym and he's he's, he's paying attention. Yeah, that's it. He's he's trying to keep up with the right. trends, right? And I, I think that hey, man, maybe maybe he should. Uh, you know, I, I I would love to see how 
how much club head speed he has with his three wood yeah. versus his driver. And it, does it, is it really worth going those extra, those extra inches on the driver to get that speed? Mm. Although, you know, you look at other factors like, um, if it's a shorter driver, I, I've, and that's one thing I noticed in the Callaway, uh, and it was a really, I mean, I listened to the podcast this morning because I'm, I'm trying to really do my homework on this. Um, they were talking about how with a shorter shaft, your angle of attack gets steeper. Okay. And that's, that's normal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why, Sav, for you, with a steeper angle of attack, you're really not getting the carry that you're looking for. Mm-mm. So with the longer shaft, your angle of attack is going up to 7, plus 7, plus 8. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's really paying dividends for you. Yeah. And yet, by the, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at mine, my launch is going out there, you know, 12, 13 now with the shorter shaft, but I'm still hitting my distances with it. Which is really, you know, it's really cool. I mean, you yeah. got to look at all the so angles. Satisfying. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you have to satisfying. look at the full picture. Yeah. You know, and like taking a look at other clubs in your bag and how those mm. react. Yeah. And just kind of getting a better idea of like the full picture. And it's really interesting too with the with the short irons and the wedges. I can't go lower than an eight iron stock length. Yeah. Yeah, you Which is like my nine iron, you know, my, my, my irons are a half inch longer. So my nine iron uh, is at basically 36 inches instead of 35 and a half. And every other club is 36 inches. I can't go lower than that length. Yeah. Uh, but yet I can't go higher than 43 and a half. Yeah, that's really cool. Right? Like Tiger in his prime is 43 and a half. Ricky is 43 and a half. And I bet you there's a bunch of other guys on tour that we don't know about that uh, that are you know, playing with a shorter shaft and um, they haven't realized what I'm, what I've realized only because of the, the way the market's geared right now. When you go for a fitting, you kind of go for an iron fit and get your irons sorted and then you get a driver fit and then you kind of patch it, you know, patch everything else yeah, in between. It's definitely like a patch job. Right? <laughs> yeah. And you go, okay, well, your longest iron, you're hitting it this way. So we need a, either a hybrid or a, a seven wood and another fairway would to bridge the gap between your longest iron and your driver. Yeah. But but we're not looking at all of the numbers enough, I think. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh really cool. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of fun to to go out and play with that and and really put it to the test. So I mean, this is not the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. But um I'm j- I'm just throwing it out to you right now that uh, for for those of you who who have, you know, what I'm talking about same speed between the three wood and the driver, and you're struggling with the driver, you, you I think you're a candidate for uh, a shorter driver shaft. Yeah, and at least exploring the idea of it. Yeah. So, Sav, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about your alignment oh, in yes. your practice round this yeah. weekend. Oh, was that... It was like a sigh of relief for me. Yeah, me too. Right? <laughs> because... You know, I, I was the last time we went out together, and I, I saw that there's a couple of errant shots that I don't typically see from you, which is a push fade. Yeah. And I'm going. What? I know. I was looking at that too. I was like, "What? Where did that is come up? Happening? Right. Where did this come from? And so, you know, typically I'm watching you from face on because we're, you know, and I'm, I'm staying. You know, you're being polite. You know, you don't want to be behind somebody. 
uh, when we're out playing and I'm trying to let you play and play your game and, and, and not pollute you with instruction while I'm, while we're out playing the game. And I, and I, and I know how important that is to you. Yeah, I know it's very important to Nita. You know, I can't be bugging her with stuff and, you know, I got to let her um, learn her own lessons. Yeah. And that's important. You know, when, when you're playing with somebody, um, you feel the need to interject and help and, but it's um, it's important that they learn their own lessons, and you li- you let you leave them be for a good nine holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then when they're frustrated and they start asking, then okay, a little something, something. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. But um, you know, on the back nine, I started really examining your your swing, and I, I took a, a, some footage of your swing from behind, and I could see how your initial lineup was good. Mm. But because we're playing a tree line course and it is just junk. I mean, if you if you if you're off the fairway, there's no sparse trees there. No, it is jungle. Yeah, I mean, I mean if it creeps in there, forget about it. Your your ball's gone. So yeah. it's it's worse than a to me. It's worse than a water hazard. Yeah. So um. You you set up, and then you look at your target, and that's why with with you and Moo. I've been encouraging you guys to just look at your intermediate point. Yeah. And, you know, focus on delivering your arc blur through the, the, the intermediate point and just set up with that and uh, and not look up at your target. Yeah. Right? Because then you double guess. As soon as you look and you go, whoa, whoa wait a second. Yeah. Because I'm worried about the woods. Yeah. I don't want to put my ball in the, in the, in trouble. So then, as soon as you go, I don't want to put my ball in trouble, and your side vi- you you throw your side vision in there, then the side vision starts to freak you out. Yeah, and I knew that, like I knew that I was always lined up too far left, but I just couldn't figure out how to get back right to the right place. Yes. And I think with my driver. I should maybe go with a more open stance yep. than a closed one because when I do a closed one, that's when I start getting too yeah. close to the yeah, left the side. Yeah, the diagonal stance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I go, what I do is I go diagonal stance and then aim left as a righty. Yeah. And then start the ball over the intermediate point. And then yeah. I look on video, I'm going, I'm not aiming left. I'm, aiming, I'm yeah. right on it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, you know, you would line up and I could see the initial lineup was okay. Then you'd look and then shuffle, look and shuffle. Then you'd shuffle yourself right out of it. (laughs) So now if you're lined up too far left and you're trying to go to the target, then, well, obviously you're lined up left. You can't swing more left than that for the draw. No. There's no way. No. So then you're going to come across the line. Yeah. And now you're starting left and fading left. Mm. I see this so much with golfers. I mean, that's very evident. And um, so when when I, you know, lined you up properly, I said, that's properly lined up. And I said, go ahead and hit your shot. And then you, you just, you know, you had a hard time with it. Yeah, like, how am I supposed to hit my shot from here? Right? <laughs> yeah. And then I show you on video and you go, oh, oh. Yeah. That's still a little bit left, yeah. but at least you're str- you were straddling the pin. So the, the feet are on the right side of the pin and your ball was going to the left side of the pin. Obviously, you're going to hit a good shot from there. Yeah. But in your mind, you were way too far right. Mm-hmm. 
Well, if you feel that you're too far right and you've got to swing out toward the target to find the target, well, that's going to that's gonna give you some beautiful extension toward the hole. Yeah. And that's basically what, you, what it needs to feel like for you. Yeah. Is I'm lined up too far right and I got to release to the le- you know release left of where I'm aimed to find my target. Yeah, and once we figured it out, the shots were way better. Oh my gosh, like you were hunting that flag down. It hit yeah. this gorgeous wedge to two feet, and then the uh, the last hole, you inspired me. Like <laughs> I, like I, I told us, I, I would pay money to watch you know come and watch you play. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, I, some of the shots that you hit were so awe-inspiring, you know? Thanks. So we have this shot. We had about, what, 161 on the on, – it's a yeah. par 3 finishing hole. Yeah. Nice hole. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, nice. Yeah, it was. Little elevated over, you know, over water, but the water's not a big deal. And it's a little elevated up there, and we had a little crosswind. And uh, so I said, okay, aim right side of the green, yep. release toward the pin, and hold the, hold your draw against the wind. And, man, you were like five feet. Yeah. And I'm going. Phew. We found it. Right? Yeah. We and figured I, it out. Now I'm going, okay, well, jeez, you know, I didn't feel like hitting my shot. It was so beautiful. <laughs> so I'm going, okay, you inspired me. Let's see if I can get inside you. Yeah. yeah. You almost did. I did. It wasn't. It was between you and the flag stick, mm-hmm. and it was a foot to the right of the flag. But unfortunately, it was fifteen feet past the flag. Yeah, but I did sink my putt. Yes, you did. And uh, but the shot that you hit was just wow. The flight, the trajectory, everything was right there. So once you, once you got back into, well, with this alignment, if I'm going to hit the, if I'm going to find the the flag, I need to swing like this. Yeah. And then you were just, I need to find my target with this setup. Yeah, exactly. And notice how possible that was. Yeah. So for those of you who have been told by other members in your group that you're playing with, uh, if you're a right-handed person and they say, well, you line up too far right all the time, that's your side vision barking at you. Yeah. And so, you know, and I see these these arguments. I remember seeing (laughs) John Ha... Uh, when he came to Toronto um, and he was having a discussion with his caddy on the range and he was saying, no, I'm aimed there. And he was beside his ball, standing over his shot, and his caddy was standing down the line saying, no, you're not there, you're there. Right. And it's just like, you know, you're so sure yeah. of yourself, right? You're standing yeah. over and, you're, and that's what's so insidious about that side vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so sure you're in the right place, yeah. And, it ha- and then you you hit the shot and you and it goes offline. And you go, how can that be? Yeah, right. And that's why it's so important to from behind pick the intermediate point, set up to the intermediate point, and you say, no, that can't be right. Take a snapshot, please. And then you go back and look at your snapshot. And you go, no, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> I better swing. So I I better deliver my swing from this setup because it looks so good. Yeah. One of the guys I find that really sets up well on tour is Phil. Yep. Phil Mickelson has flawless alignment. Whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. Right? I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil, if you if you could just share that in a in a nice uh Instagram or or or, or um Twitter post, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. 
Share your secrets. You can DM him. Yeah. And ask him. If you That'd want. be great. Yeah, because yeah. because he has exemplary posture and alignment. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've ever ever want to watch a guy uh, or a professional player line up properly, that's the guy you want to watch. That's the guy you want to emulate. So uh, and then and that's how you looked, right? Once mm-hmm. once we had you lined up properly, that's the way you looked. So that's what you're going to be working on all week before your event. Yeah. And uh, I think that you'll get your mojo back, Sav. Yeah, I think I, I'll i be a lot more confident in my shots. Yeah. So, And then I'll have a lot more fun, too, at the same time. Uh, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. But I, w- I was really impressed with the course that we played. I mean, the greens were in beautiful shape. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice track. I mean, what you see is what you got when, when yeah. it came to reading greens. You know? So refreshing. Isn't it? Because the greens at our course are just, they, they can be a real nightmare. They mess with your head. Yeah, they're yeah. demanding. Very demanding. Yeah. And this one, it was like, okay, this is what I see. And every single putt was on the right line. Yep. Same with me. I was just like, huh. It's like a it's like a sigh of relief, you know? Why can't they all be, you know, if you're an architect, listen to this. Um, please design your, your, your greens this way. Yeah. So that because 99% of the, the golfers out there are not going to have a greens book hanging out, hanging out of their back pocket. No one uh, does. You know, and um, I mean that's something that you're going to eventually have to you have to get used to, Sav. Though mm-hmm. uh, I mean, but they're getting ready to outlaw them anyways. Yeah, uh, at least I'm getting used to it now. Right, uh, and so um, you know, uh, if they, if if the greens are really hard to read where you're at, uh, one of the tricks I like is that you go you you go out after a really heavy downpour. And you go out on the golf course with a golf cart and you just buzz around the course and you take snapshots of all the greens mm-hmm. and you see how the water's draining from the greens. Right. And you can see all the secondary breaks mm-hmm. and then you go, okay, that's, I didn't see that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, and then you don't really have a lot of time, but when, when the sun's nice and low and then you start the seeing shadows, the shadows yeah. on the greens, that's another way of, of, of seeing, but, uh, you know, for most golf courses that are tree-lined, you're not going to be able to get that. Yeah, true. Kind of like ours. So the, so the rainstorm is the is the best way to go. Yeah, for sure. So apart from that, anything to add from uh, from what you guys saw over the weekend? No, I just want to I want to watch it. Yeah. Got to yeah. get in front of the TV and watch the, the rounds. Well, so uh, with that, we'll, uh, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing you some more, uh, some more feedback next week. All the best. All the best. Take care.